Hello, and thank you for listening to Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America. Welcome back to Renewables. We're very excited about today's episode. We have today the CEO and co-founder of Amperon on the podcast, Sean Kelly. It's great to have you here. Sean has an impressive career in the energy space, and uh, we really are grateful for you taking some time today to uh, talk about yourself and Amperon. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, Excited to have seen what you've done already and then just to continue watch you uh, grow the podcast. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're excited to, to have you. Thank you for that. And uh, the podcast has been a really fun way to just kind of get out and talk to different people in this energy world that you and I live in. And um, you have a really interesting role and and really interesting value proposition at Am- Amperon for your customers. But if I want to just start with um, kind of Sean Kelly at a 10,000 foot view, where'd you go to school? Uh, what'd you do after school? And how did you end up being uh, the co-founder of your own company? Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, the school thing, obviously big, uh, Aggie, so gig them. And, uh, and then after A&M literally knew, knew I wanted to do energy, um, grew up in Houston, Texas. And so it was literally, uh, faxing, uh, natural gas confirms and installing Enron online in like the late nineties to 2000, uh, when I was in high school and was just like this whole trade floor is awesome. Always wanted to be a stockbroker as a little kid. So trader was just like, yeah, you know, this is the next logical step. Um, took some trading classes, uh, at A&M and then, uh, wound up two weeks after graduation back in 2005, uh, on a trade floor to NASCA. Um, so yeah, it was a great place to kind of start a career and get going. Now, and where were, what city was that in? It was in uh, Arlington, Texas, so like Dallas-Fort Worth okay. area. Okay. Because so, I know you've lived all over the place, right? You've been in Chicago, you've been in New York. So where where'd you go from there? Yeah, so I was there uh, for about a year, then realized in energy, uh, it quite often makes sense to be in Houston. And so I was like, well, guess we're headed back home. Um, what was really fortunate is I got to be a part of a company called Eagle Energy Partners, uh, it was founded by uh, a guy named Chuck Watson, who also founded Dynagy uh, back in the day. And so anytime you can get into the Dynagy family tree, especially then, uh, just really it was a huge boost for my career. Um, we wound up getting acquired by this company you may or may not have heard of, Lehman Brothers. <laughs> so that did not work out, um, as, as you could imagine. And uh, then Lehman actually forgot to sell us to Barclays. They forgot to sell the Houston office to Barclays. Um, we had hmm. been part of them for a year and a half, uh, but the full acquisition hadn't been done, or I guess not acquisition, but hasn't like the day-to-day operation, everything didn't look like Lehman. Uh, so it was a little bit of oversight. They forgot that like few hundred million dollar business they had acquired in, in Houston. <laughs> so uh, we got saved by uh, by EDF trading. So Electricidad de France, um, that was a really cool opportunity. I uh, got to work on the acquisition of Nine Mile and Ganae, two nuclear power plants um, in New York, in upstate New York. Uh, and so with that, um, 
just learned a lot, saw the, saw the grid changing uh, rapidly. Back in 2005, 2006, I was scheduling a lot of ERCOT and I had this one really annoying schedule that I kept on having to like change. And I was like, what is direct energy too? And they're like, that's wind. And I was like, well, now I get why I'm changing it like every single hour. Um, but with that, I just, I had no idea where the world was heading. And ironically, back then there were 2,600 megawatts of wind in Texas, and now there's 26,000 uh, megawatts. So literally throughout my career, I've gotten to see it go uh, a full tenfold, um, which has been great to see. And we're seeing the same exact thing happen with solar now. So I, uh, I went from there to Chicago, uh, got the opportunity to help set up uh, Eon, the big German utility, their trade floor, um, decided, hey, let's try something else besides Houston. And this is what really changed my worldview, just kind of being um, outside of Texas. Texas is a great state, but can be a little bit of a bubble. And I just, I firmly believe that living in different places helps you understand things about yourself, but also about other people. And so in Chicago, I, I learned a ton and saw it very, very different from Houston. Uh, worked at Eon and then later um, worked at the Chicago Board of Trade, which was just a great place to end a trading career, just an iconic place. Yeah. Um, and so while I was getting set up for Eon myself and another uh, electricity trader, we were talking and realized that there's a lot of big industrial customers and commercial customers out there that they really need help. And I know, David, this is a lot of what you're attacking right now. Um, but we started Bridge Power Consulting and just saw, hey, we know the wholesale markets. We know how the markets work. We see what's changing. Uh, we understand a little bit more and are a little more informed about what's going to happen years in advance. And uh, this was kind of not the earliest stages of brokering, but it was um, kind of the middle stages. And so got to go in and really really help businesses. Our biggest client was uh, had 30 grocery stores uh, all throughout New York and uh, Long Island. And so with that, um, went in and was like, hey, you know what? Your job is to sell groceries. It's a hard business. There's 30 stores. Let me just take care of all your energy. Let me help you uh, with LED lighting. Let me help you uh, with whatever kind of procurement you needed. And so when we saw that, that was kind of when kind of my like eureka moment is like these business owners that they, they want to make the right decision but they need help um and then i would go and talk to these different retail energy providers uh and so what that is is in your deregulated markets um you have the choice to choose right uh about 14 different states are deregulated and you can go in and say i want to i want to buy from a or maybe b offers me a better price or c offers me uh, a green option. And so you'll come across a, a direct energy, NRG, a green mountain, um, whatever you seem to fit you, what seems to fit your profile. So that's what we were helping customers do. We were going in and saying, hey, let me let me assist you with your procurement um, and uh, and present you with all these options. And so I, uh, I landed a really big client in New York and uh, decided let's move to New York. And so happened to also be dating a girl who's now my wife. So also a good decision. Uh, and so, yeah. So headed to New York to see, Hey, Chicago has been a great run was there about four years. Um, let's see how New York goes. And so New York is just an amazing, vibrant place. And so 
I sat there and I saw um, just more and more people just attacking energy uh, in a good way, like actually addressing the problem and so many renewables and so many people passionate about climate change and things of that nature. And the climate change, I think what really resonated for me uh, the most is um, I sat down and looked and I was speaking with a really large uh, reinsurer and he, uh, he gave a talk and he said, Houston, Texas has had three five, one in 500 year events in the last 18 years. And I'm like, I don't really have to be that good at math to figure out you should not have a 500, like three 500 year events in those like 18 years. And I mean, right. perfect example, uh, our meteorologist at Amperon uh, called the highest number of hurricanes of anyone out there. Somebody called 19 and he called 20. Uh, we are now at Delta. This has only happened twice that we ran out of alphabet. They go through not all 26 letters, but uh, meteorologically, they go through 20 letters of the alphabet for hurricanes, and then they flip over. And so you alpha, beta, et cetera. Um, and, and you're talking this year now. You're talking present day. Yeah. So when everything else, what else could possibly go wrong? We have the craziest hurricane season, and I think it's like 150 years. Um, so that's kind of what just being in New York made me decide to start Amperon. I realized there was so much data around this, um, and just a lot of like with this data, these data, these people who knew how to use data worked at Google, they worked at Facebook, they were selling advertisements, um, and trying to get people to buy X like certain shoes. And I'm like, well, if energy and climate and the grid is such a big issue, maybe we should just have them come work on it with us. Um, and so that's what I found. Uh, I've got a great co-founder, Abe Stanway. And, uh, and so with him, we have nothing in common. Uh, I have deep energy expertise. And with him, he is deep just data and uh, data engineering. We met uh, at New York, uh, New York Climate Week, New York Energy Week. And this was in early 2017. And uh, just met, and that's kind of how we kicked off Amperon. I asked him why he was there, and he goes, well, the two fastest growing jobs in the United States are solar installer and wind technician. So if those are the two fastest growing jobs, there's going to be a lot of fun data around this. It's like, yeah, interesting. And he's like, why are you here? And I was like, well, all I know is energy and I see all these companies that just like smell like tech getting bought up by the big players in the energy space. And I think everything's headed toward tech. I can some days barely use my laptop, but uh, just kind of see that this is the kind of merger that we need. We need a, a New York, a Silicon Valley type data scientist who would normally go to Facebook and go to Google to come solve these problems with us about around the demand side of the grid. Um, and so that's what Amperon does is we sell um, just very deep short-term uh, and long-term, I guess short-term 15 days uh, and then longer term, like four-year uh, demand side forecasting. And we sell it to the retail energy providers um, we sell it to utilities, so Evergy slash KCPL, like in your area. Um, yep. We sell it to actually market operators. Um, we currently work with AMO, which is the Australian Energy Market Operator. Uh, we're part of their forecast um, for the all of Australia. Um, and then we also sell it to traders, just with that being my network. Um, so, yeah, that's what we built. And 
it's uh it's it's been a fun three years that's that's awesome and so you're you're in new york you're at an energy conference renewable energy conference you meet a data scientist you start a company uh i love that story you so you're doing demand forecasting and i believe your core product correct me if i'm wrong here is called amp retail and so so just for my viewers and listeners who um, aren't as familiar with sort of the energy procurement world uh, let's dive in a little bit further to demand forecasting i, I appreciate you mentioning evergy and kcpnl so you're selling this amp retail product to evergy what what are they getting is it is it just a prediction of what's going to happen what, what do they get in uh in that product yeah so we would go in we would go into uh a retailer and we would say how many meters do you have and they would say a hundred thousand we'd say great i don't care if one's going to be a studio apartment and one's going to be like an lng facility it doesn't matter to us meters are meters um and so we look at that um, we have very granular weather data. So a lot of load forecasting uh, is weather. And so with that, we actually have, um, there's five major weather models uh, in the US that we have an ensemble of that updates every single hour. And so some of those run like every six hours, some of those run every hour. And so with that, uh, we work with an outside vendor and they bring in this very, very granular weather. Uh, so we started in Texas. Um, Texas makes the most sense. It's about 95% smart meter penetration. So smart meters do a ton for the grid. Um, they they let you know. They let you know data. I mean, think about it, David. If you if you just every at the end of every month got your bank account and it just had a number of how much you spent in the month, it wouldn't be very helpful. But now you right. get to know every single expense that you do and what's changing. It's the exact same way with the electricity meter. If you have a one monthly number, it doesn't tell me anything. You could have like been Bitcoin mining for the first 10 days and then gone on vacation the last 20. We would have no idea. Right. right. That's super interesting. So let me just really quickly interrupt you for the, our viewers and listeners. A lot of utilities out there are switching all their meters over to these smart meters that are reading data a lot faster. So that's what Sean's talking about. They're taking interval data sometimes every you know, 30, what, 60 seconds, 15 minutes. You'll, you'll have to help me elaborate on that, John. But, but so utilities are 15 minute interval data. So all these utilities are going and, and sort of as they can replacing their meters uh, with these smart meters that are giving them a lot more data. And uh, I suspect makes your forecast a lot more accurate. Absolutely. They, they really do. Cause we still have some of the older meters um, it's one of those things like we know adoption is going to continue on. Uh, when we started this company, there were 70 million smart meters in the United States. Uh, right now, at the end of 2020, there's going to be 108 million. So, I mean, just wow. that penetration in just <laughs> three and a half years is insane. Um, yeah. And so it's going to continue to go that way. Um, and so this better data allows us. So we go in and we take these 100,000 meters and we, uh, we put weather on top of it and we put together a forecast every single hour for the next 15 days. So wow. the best weather models run 15 days, uh, the Euro and the GFS. And so with that, um, we say, hey, we'll give you these. Obviously, the further out weather goes, the less predictable it can be. Um, sure. But you go in and we give you an hour by hour forecast 
uh, that updates every hour. So for those 15 days, uh, but then we also go in and give you a four-year model. You obviously need to do long-term hedging. That's where my former company and your current company can come and actually help out. Uh, and so with this four-year, uh, with these four-year planning, that's what we do as well. And that's where you get to kind of understand the long-term trends. We, with smart meters, we're able to know, oh, like, you bought a Tesla. Great. Now we know that you're going to be charging at your house, which dramatically shifts your load profile. Wow, COVID happened. Now you work from home. That obviously yeah. shifts everyone's profile. Um, I mean, just a whole variety of things. Rooftop solar uh, penetrations getting there, uh, especially in some of the like Southwest states and California and even Texas. So all yeah. these things, so that's, we didn't that's know what's changing. You mentioned that. I was going to ask, how does solar, new renewables coming onto the grid increase in, in battery storage uh, that's all new data that you're sort of uh, taking and adjusting for every hour. Yeah, it makes it uh, that, I mean, is very welcome. It makes us more valuable because it gets harder and harder to go uh, and understand what the forecast is going to be, which is where we really shine. And this is why we started the company. We really, we saw EVs going up. We saw batteries coming into play. Um, that's also why we started working in Australia um, we, uh, we started, I guess about two years ago and we actually, uh, three weeks ago, we published a, uh, a smoke study that we did with AMO, uh, talking about the effect of smoke on, uh, on PV solar, like utility scale solar output. And so that was obviously is obviously very pertinent with what's going on in California. So we decided to release that because Australia had the exact same issue um, during their, their summer earlier this year. Uh, and so that's something that we're, we're in talks with a number of people in California, just because the wildfire and how it affects solar when solar so much of their generation, uh, is massive. I mean, it can be between 15 and 45%, uh, decay in how much the output is. So you're used to the sun producing X amount of megawatts, and you're losing 15 to 45% of that, you need to know if it's closer to 15 or if it's closer to 45. Um, sure. So that's something that uh, we just published our a paper on and our thoughts. So yeah, the grid's changing and, and that's what we're just trying to stay on top of with data science. That's super interesting. And uh, I know Australia a while back and probably still, although I haven't seen it in the news recently, um, they were having a lot of big blackouts, right? They were having a lot of trouble keeping power on and, and rolling blackouts. Uh, was that before you all got into the Australian market? And, and do you help uh, help prevent that from happening in the future? Yeah, we. I mean, we help them with planning, and that's where what Amperon does directly attacks um, accuracy, and then because of that, reduces emissions. You need to know. Uh, what the historical accuracy, so in ERCOT in Texas, for example, um, the historical accuracy uh, is judged in, or everywhere it's judged in MAPE. So uh, M-A-P-E, that's mean absolute percent error. So this is kind of like the batting average, right, of, okay. of what your hit rate is. Um, so the lower the better. Um, and so with MAPE, ERCOT's historical MAPE is 2.3% error. So ours is 1.4%. Um, wow. We just released PJM. PJM historically is 2.5%. We're at 1.5%. We've only been doing it since June. Uh, and they've been doing it for 20 years. And so with wow. that, we've 40% off uh, again. And we're, 
I guess, four months in. And so that's where we come in and affect the grid. But back to the AMP retail product, we take these meters and we give our customers um, a significantly better prediction. Uh, we had a customer who the first year on about 40 million in revenue, uh, he literally made an extra $3 million. Electricity is a tight business with tight margins. Uh, having an extra $3 million, he was able to, since he's been a customer, he's tripled the size of his book um, just wow. because he's got a huge marketing spend. And we've only been giving out forecasts for two years now. So in two years, he was able to triple his book because of how much money we put in his pocket. Um, so it's wow. great to do something that helps the environment, but helps your customers. And so he now gives his people lower rate which is why they're all with him. Um, and so it just continues to go on. So we're handing him money and he's handing it to the clients, which then they can go spend on uh, renewable energy credits or things or energy uh, upgrades. They can put it in a, put it in their piggy bank for solar, a whole variety sure. of things. New it's going to just help yeah. it overall. Yeah. That's really interesting. And it, it's cool that there's, it, a big sustainability component to this and, and what accuracy really does um, to create sustainability and make businesses more sustainable. So I wanna go back to weather just really quickly because I think that's really fascinating. Um, you have a meteorologist on staff, is that right? Yeah, um, Mark's great. Uh, we, we met, he worked with some of my friends at Morgan Stanley and then uh, I hired him at Eon back in 2013. And then when we started this company, he was just casually consulting with us. And we we're like, what about, what about, what about? Um, and so he came on board, I guess, end of, yeah, he's been with us almost two years now. And he's great to have. Um, he's been, he was 15 years at NASA. Um, and then he left NASA, got a job offer from Enron. Uh, then the job offer got pulled, but he had already left NASA. He went to Dominion. Uh, out in Vir the big utility in Virginia, and then has continued on uh, a number of other places. And he saw what we were doing. Um, and again, just the climate's so important. And so we actually offer, um, I guess, we offer SaaS, so software as a service, but we also offer mass meteorological as a service. And so Mark literally puts out a morning newsletter uh, in the regions we're in, and he literally goes and, uh, and uh, talks on the phone with our clients and says, hey, like, what do you want to talk about? Oh, second week looks like it's going to get hot. Well, let me tell you what the actual, um, what the actual, like, likelihood of that getting warmer, et cetera, is. So wow. it's really fun to have. Also helpful when you're planning vacations. So you yeah, can ask, you ask Mark, be like, hey, I'm going here in two weeks. How do we look? All right, we're going to be that, fine. That is incredible. So I'm imagining him in a room with a lot of different screens, looking at a lot of different weather models, and then your data and your technology aggregates all that. I think you said six models all into one, is that right? Yes and no. So we actually get this, calling the weather from like a trading perspective is very different than calling it from a data perspective. And so he helped us, uh, so he is the weather person and Abe is the data person went and vetted a whole bunch of weather vendors, literally everyone on the market. Uh, we came up with uh, a great option that, uh, that we've had a just kind of strategic partnership with. And so we go to them and say, we want it like in Texas, we have 5,000 points. Uh, so we do it population weighted 
based on our own kind of secret sauce. Um, so where there's population density, uh, we never have a weather station more than four kilometers from another weather station. So a lot of our competition uh, in Texas, for instance, has 243 weather points. That is how many regional airports there are. As you know, you don't always have, like, I know, like, MCI is not in the middle of Kansas City, right? right. And so you've got that. And so a lot of times that'll be the weather, um, that'll be the weather station that people look at. And so for us, we've got very, very granular weather. Uh, so he is kind of an overlooking and kind of uh, fact checks it per se, but then he also does um, short term kind of 15 day in, but then he'll do like a seasonal outlook. Uh, so both summers, he's nailed it, uh, which is great. Summers when obviously electricity prices are the highest. And so he's done a great job both of the last two summers, just calling it uh, pretty perfectly. Um, and then he's about to put out his winter forecast. So uh, feel free to follow us uh, online on LinkedIn um, as our, our webinar will be coming out probably late October, early November, uh, just to talk about what um, what we see in weather for this upcoming winter all across the United States. Um, so that's free for everyone. We had a, a good number of attendees last time. So feel free to join in uh, coming up in, within the next month. Awesome. Well, hopefully it's more accurate than my Weather Channel app. Uh, they do okay, but but you know you have to rely. You have to look at the radar. It uh, the, the hourly doesn't tell you enough. You got to look at the radar. And your point about KCI being the you know representation for Kansas City, but being 30, 40 miles north of the city, is super interesting because I mean I watch on the radar all the time. Or my parents live in South Kansas City. I live at Sixty Sixth Street and they get rain and I don't. So, so that's, that's really important uh, to have that sort of level of granularity, like you said. And that's what helps with our accuracy. When you've got 5,000 weather points in Texas, we tie each meter to an actual individual weather point. And so you can live on one side of town and like I'll live on the other side and you'll be on a completely different weather point. So we have an understanding of what your home's going to do if it's completely dark and stormy where I am, my lights are probably on, right? And so I've got to be able to predict that. Whereas if for some reason uh, it's like nice and still bright where you are, then like we need to know that as well because you probably are just going off natural light from your house. So yeah, yeah weather's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about Amperon and sort of where are you expanding? Where are you going? I think you told me you're expanding to the New York, New England ISO next year. What, what does that look like when you're entering a whole new grid territory? Um, tell me how you approach that and how you expand your business further. Yeah, so the, we've done great in ERCOT. Um, the, the other thing too is we've proven just to be the best and in the business. Real quick, Sean, real quick. I'm afraid some folks might not know what ERCOT is. So just tell everybody what ERCOT is. Okay, ERCOT, <laughs> ERCOT is Texas. So ERCOT yep. is the Texas market. Um, that's where we are currently. Um, after that, we went to Australia. Um, we won a uh, an international load forecasting competition. Uh, there was 142 data scientists uh, from 26 countries, and we won first by a pretty nice margin, uh, and then hired second. And so we have, I guess, the gold and the silver uh, in load forecasting internationally. And uh, Australia reached out and was like, hey, we have a lot of issues. We'd love to work together. And so that's how Australia came about, just because they are 40% solar, the Tesla battery, climate change, wildfires, yeah. all of, 
Um, wow, so that was incredible. second. Uh, we just launched PJM, uh, which stands for Pennsylvania, Jersey, Maryland, but it's basically Chicago, uh, as far west as Chicago, all the way across Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, down to DC, Virginia, uh, and all the way up to New Jersey. So it's a, it's basically a quarter of the entire US, the mid-Atlantic region. Um, and then we're building out New York ISO, uh, which is just the whole state of New York. Uh, right now, we just uh, just began onboarded a pilot last week to go ahead and build that out. And then next is actually probably going to be California. We've had a lot of interest just because of our our smoke study on the on the solar output. And so I think California is actually going to be next, and New England close behind. So this year, the the whole goal was repeatable process. When you start a company, we're venture backed. How do you grow? How do you scale? How do you do this? Um, and so we've gone through and uh, we've got a great weather vendor that I've mentioned who goes in and they, we just, we buy all the points after we decide which points we want from them uh, to put into our forecast. Uh, our forecast, the, uh, the data science team, it's pretty much the same model. They tweak it to the new region, but this thing just is all encompassing. Um, and so it's been taking them like a week uh, to literally onboard a new region, which is unbelievable uh, and then the, then the tweaks continue so we'll say about a month overall uh, and then the front end uh, the front end we gutted the front end um, Steve who works on that's uh, done a great job and he he would be working at a like at a b2c at a, at a business to consumer uh, type business I mean the way our software looks and the ease of use is just not something you find in energy um, I've yeah. trialed so many products and everything looks like just a minor pivot from Excel. Uh, and so this yeah. is something that anyone can use. The onboarding time is 30 minutes to an hour of training and then no one ever asks any questions. Uh, wow. So, yeah, so that's what we plan for this year. Um, uh, close out end of this year, early next year, probably with New England. Uh, and then the Midwest ISO, which is basically the Louisiana Purchase. Um, that's where you, you would fall in and, uh, and then continue from there. And I think Japan, the Asian markets are pretty interesting for probably end of 2021. So the great thing about electricity is it doesn't matter where in the world you are, it's the exact same. Yeah. Well, you, you, uh, stole my question there because I, I was going to ask, you know, what are the international opportunities? And I, I thought you might say the Asian markets, that's super interesting. And, seen as how you've already sort of proven that you can, you know, it doesn't matter where in the world you, you've done it in Australia, which, which has their fair share of challenges. So um, really, really fascinating stuff, Sean. I want to wrap it up here. Just give you an opportunity to make sure our viewers and listeners know how to find you online, how to find that weather model and, and webinar that's coming out. Cause that is super fascinating. I will definitely be subscribing to that. Um, how do we find you online? How do we find you on social? How do we follow your uh, weather model? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so everything's always posted on our website, which is amperon.co. Uh, um, also, Amperon is on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn and post a lot. Um, and then my co-founders on Twitter. Those are kind of the, the outlets we use. Um, we do a pretty good job getting better at it uh, in terms of just kind of getting the word out there about what we're working on. Um, and then, yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to have a conversation. Um, our, our goal is anyone who serves meters, 
Um, and, uh, and then anyone who trades around meters, we do offer uh, a grid scale forecast so you can see what, what all of Texas is doing, what all of New York is doing. Um, so any of those, or if you just uh, have some questions or some uh, want to have an interesting conversation, we're always interested. I mean, that's how we met, right? And so yeah. it's just, hey, we're both in the same space. And, uh, and I just I think that it's a big problem. The grid is a mess right now. And with that, it's going to take so many different people all working together. So this can't be a, like a competitive thing. Obviously, everyone's here to, to make money. But at the end of the day, uh, from a climate, from a making the grid work, from a uh, smart meter penetration, everyone just really has to work together uh, so we can all solve this problem. Sean Kelly, the CEO and co-founder of Amperon. Fascinating conversation today. Uh, find him online. Very easy and approachable guy. Andrew Barth, actually one of our previous guests, introduced us. And uh, and Sean, we really appreciate your time today. It's been super fascinating. We're going to have to have you back uh, maybe in 2021 to hear how those expansions are going. We really look forward to it. And, and thanks again for your time, Sean. Really appreciate it, man. It's a lot of opportunity, David. All right. Take care.